Hello, Crossroads family and guests. We are so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. We want to let you know about our website, wherelifechanges.com. There you can find more about church events, ministries, and giving options. Check out Pastor Lee's blog at pastorlee.net. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at crcc underscore social. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash wherelifechanges. We really hope that the message today would inspire and encourage you to worship passionately, serve others, and share truth. Now let's jump into the message. Good morning. God is good. All the time. And who's here last week? Just by a show of hands, just so I can see if you're here last week. All right, it's a lot of you. So I have to put this out there. there Max was not harmed in the making of that sermon. Max was not harmed in the making of that sermon. I know that I got some phone calls from the Ethical Treatment of Animal Society. Some people were calling me because the, and the, the hurt that Max had when he was zapped. If you're there, if you were here last week, you understand the joke. Max was not harmed, okay? Everybody say, aw. All right, that's good. Now we can preach the message for today. I just want to make sure that was clear because I got some texts and some phone calls. So I just want to tell you guys real quick, we're going to continue this series, um, we'll end this series Conquering life's battles, winning the war in our mind. And so I want to tell you right now that there is a target on your back. When you become a Christian, there is a target on your back. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. He has come to divide. He has come to deceive. He has come to decept. And he wants to separate you from everything that is good. He wants to wedge his way in between you and Jesus, between you and your relationships, between you and your loved ones. And he is a vicious fighter, and he does not want to stop. That's the bad news. Good news is we have a Lord and Savior who's already conquered sin and death and rose again. Amen. Amen. And so we have a Savior who is way stronger, more powerful, and we give him all the praise and the glory because he is worthy. And so today we're going to talk just briefly about the enemy's lies, and then we're going to baptize some folks. That's what I'm talking about. I like that energy today. I like that energy today. That's good. Right? So in order to defeat the attacks of the enemy with his lies and deception, we must fight him with the armor of God. We must fight him with the weapons that we are called to use, not the weapons of the world. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit. Paul tells us that we must put on every piece of the armor of God in order to resist the devil's attacks and stand. And last week, we talked about the prison in our mind. We talked about these strongholds, these lies that the enemy will, will use to beat us down, to hold us down, to keep us down. And, 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 and he'll use things that happen to us in our lives things that people said to us, things that people did to us, situations that we've been placed in, and he'll use those things to hold us down, to keep us down, because he wants us to see death, right? The enemy wants to see death. Operating in the flesh is death. Operating in the spirit is love, power, peace, and joy. That's right. You can clear chat. I like that. When you praise like that little girl right there. That's good. That's good, right? And so the enemy, he, is, he, is, he, he doesn't stop. And so we need to put on the armor of God to defeat him. And so I talk about strongholds. I talked about these lies, and we're all familiar with the lies that the enemy will tell us and the lies that will ingrain us and they change us. And, and Max, I promise he wasn't injured for all of you that texted me, right, Max? And he, he, he was in his yard, and he would get zapped, and he didn't want to go any further. And some of us are like Max. We don't want to take a ne- another step of faith. We don't want to step forward. We don't want to move out. We don't want to go and do that thing that we're called to do because we're afraid. Amen? And so what I'm going to tell you today is you got to take that step. Because that's where breakthrough happens. When you take that step, that's where breakthrough happens. And God wants to do a breakthrough in your life. He wants to do something in you and through you for his glory, for his kingdom. Not for yourself, not to glorify you, but so that you can be a blessing to somebody else. And so, so we got to take that step. We have to take that step of faith. 
And so I want to talk about how we do that, right? Because it's hard. Because we've tried things. We've tried things like self-help books, right? We've tried things like New Year's resolutions. We've tried these different techniques and tactics. But the only way that we can take a step forward in faith is in Jesus Christ. I tried for many years to live life fighting wars the way the world does, and it just didn't work. It didn't get me where God wanted me to be. It says in the Bible that John 10.10, it says he has come to give us a life of abundance, a life to the full, a life that is blessed, right? He wants us to be thriving, not just surviving. Amen? Can can the church say amen to that? He wants us to be thriving, not just surviving. So in order to demolish these strongholds, I said we have to distinguish them last week, right? We have to distinguish the stronghold. We have to define what it is that's holding us back, what lie we're being told that's holding us back to keep us from taking that step of faith, right? Because what is that thing? What is that lie, right? We must ask ourselves some questions. What lie is holding you hostage right now? I want you to think about that. What, what has someone told you? What has the enemy told you? You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not strong enough. You're not fast enough. You're not uh, bright enough. You've sinned too much. You've done too many drugs. You've drank too much. You have too many tattoos. I don't know. The enemy will use all kinds of things to hold you down and keep you down and leave you there, right? And so we can't listen to his lies. We have to live in the truth. We have to live in the truth. So you, but in order to distinguish that, I have to identify what is the lie. I have to identify it. And you all know what I'm talking about because there's lies that beat you down. And so you got to identify and distinguish, okay, what is this lie? What mistruths? What mistruths are keeping you from taking a step of faith? What is, if this is your step and, and, and breakthroughs on the other side, what is holding you back from taking that step? What mistruth? Is it guilt? Because if, if it's guilt, my Bible says that you are a new creation in Jesus Christ when you accept him as your Lord and Savior. Amen? If it's, if it's that sin that you did or that sin that you do, my Bible says that your sins are washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ that was shot on the cross. That's what my Bible says. Amen? If it's one of those things that are holding you back, if it's what someone told you about yourself and your life, Jesus is coming. He says, I love you, and I have a plan for you, and it's a plan to prosper you. It's a plan not to harm you. It's a plan to give you hope and a future. And some of us, man, we're just beat down by, by, by lies. We're just beat down by lies. And I want to see a church of thrivers, not just survivors. I want to see a church of people who were wounded and are now warriors, of people who were victims and a word, I don't have a, a literary word that goes with V, victors, that were victims and now victors. There we go. I got it, right? Victims, now victors. That's what I want to see. And so we need to define it. And then the last thing I said is we need to, we need to, we need to think about the negative dysfunctional patterns in our life that are holding us back. The dysfunction in our lives that's holding us back from taking that step of faith. And so we read 2 Corinthians 10, and it says, we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power. Everyone say power. To demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This is what we must do. We must take our thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. And oftentimes we lose the battle because we're trying to fight. We're trying to fight like the world does. Canelo Anthony knocked out Caleb uh, Plant last night, right? I don't know if you watched that fight. He knocked him out or whatever, right? We can't fight. We can't fight like that. We can't fight with our fists. We fight with the weapons of truth, of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. 
right? We have to fight with the weapons, not of this world. And some of us are losing battles today. Some of us are losing battles today. Why? Because we're fighting like the world does. We're fighting like the world does. And so that's not good. We need to fight the way that Christ has called us to fight. And then we looked at Romans real quick, and it said this. It said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And I said, I think I said, I said, I don't need to preach anymore. I can just go, we can just go home now. Because you just look at that scripture. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? And then, and then, and then Apostle Paul, he goes on, and I'm going to go on because I think it's exciting what he says. He says, shall, shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine, nakedness, danger or sword? He says, as it is written, for you sa- your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. He says, no. And all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More than conquerors, right? And so we're demolishing strongholds. We're breaking generational curses. When I think of conquer and demolish, I think of just like swashing the lie and just beating it down and crumbling up and twisting it and breaking it down and demolishing it like the Buffalo Bills are going to do today in the football game, right? They're going to demolish their team, right? And I just think about demolish. It's not just having a victory, but it's having a surpassingly exciting devastating victory. That's what we're called to. We're not just called to survive, we're called to thrive. Do you believe that today? Do, do, do you receive that today? That you're called for more than conquering? Man, when, when, when the word got into me and I, and I started to dissect the word and the Holy Spirit got into me, that is powerful. When I, when I reflect on it, it says, I'm not just meant to, to win some battles. I'm meant to be more than a conqueror. That fires me up. I hope it fires you up. When you internalize that, what it says in Romans, that's exciting. And then he says, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. If you don't hear nothing that I say today, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And so some of us have been told these lies. We've been told we're not good enough. We've been told that we've sinned too much. We've been told by people that we are not worthy. We've been told by people, how could you have done that? He's never going to forgive you. And I'm here today to tell you through the power of the Holy Spirit that we need to smash those strongholds. That we need to smash those strongholds. Amen? So how do we do it? How do we do it? I want to jump into some new content today. First thing we have to do, 1 Peter 5 and 8, it says we need to be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls, everybody go prowl, prowl, around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The enemy prowls like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Right? This word, this word sober, the, the, the original language is translated as not to drink excessive wine, but it also means to be calm and collected in your spirit. It means to be watchful. It means to be alert. Sober-minded means to be watchful, means to be alert, because the enemy's prowling. And when I think about prowling like a roaring lion, I think about lions. When I was preparing this message and praying about this, I was like, lions, what do they attack? They attack the weak. They go after species that are weaker than them, that are injured already, that are hurting, that are, that are messed up. And so the, if, if the enemy prowls, prowl like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, that's what the enemy does. That's what lions do. They go after the weaker. He's going after those who are hurting. 
He's going after those who are struggling. He's going after those who are broken. He's going after those who are, who are suffering from anxiety, who are feeling pain and affliction. That's what he goes after. He doesn't want a hard target. He wants a weak target. So Paul says, or Peter says, we need to be alert and of sober mind. He says, resist him. Standing firm. Firm. That's what I think about when I think firm. I think like an unshakable foundation. Standing firm because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. In the King James, it's that, that word stand firm, it means steadfast, focused, focused on Christ, standing firm and focused on our Lord and Savior. We need to stand firm. We need to stand firm. And then it says, and the grace of God who calls you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong firm and steadfast. That word steadfast, it means to settle. It means to settle, it means to lay a foundation, right? Is your foundation on Christ today? Is your firm foundation on Jesus Christ today? I hope so. I hope so. And then it says, to him be the power forever and ever. Amen. And I want to point this out. During times of suffering and struggle, we need to seek out the body of Christ. We need to seek out like-minded individuals who are believers in us, that will strengthen us, that will build us up, that will edify us, that will help us, that will encourage us, that will spur us on, right? We need to do that. It's important. But I want to go a little bit deeper here. Ephesians 6, it says in Ephesians 6, it says, finally, and there's a comma, finally, it's like, after all this, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Whose power? His power, not my power, right? I can't do nothing on my own strength. I'm a scumbag without the Holy Spirit. I need his power in me and through me operating. It says put on the full, full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil and his schemes. And then it says for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against me and you, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of the heavenly realms. I told you in the beginning there's a target on your back. We're at war with the enemy. There's a spiritual battle that is happening, right? And it's not against, it's not me versus Brendan. It's not me versus Nate. That's not what it's about, right? We're supposed to love each other and build each other up and edify each other. It's the enemy that, we're, that, that is attacking us. So then it says, therefore, put on the full, it says full twice, verses 6 through 20, those short, or 10 through 20, those short 10 verses, it says put on the armor fully twice. That must be important. And then it says, when the day of evil comes. It doesn't say if the day evil comes, it says when. That's critical for us to understand. When the enemy comes. It doesn't say if he's going to come. But here's the thing. My Bible, it says that God is the great I am. It doesn't say this. He's the great maybe. He's the great might be. He's the great could be. It says he is the great I am. Amen? So, enemy. Not today, Satan. Not today. And then it says this. It says stand firm. Or it says you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then. Four times it says stand. This word stand, it goes back to that foundation. Standing firm, being sober, being alert, being watchful, being ready, being ready. And then it says, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, and the breastplate of righteousness in place, and your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, Take up your shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. 
and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. There's that word again. Alert. Be awake. And always keep on praying. So the apostle Paul says be alert and sober. And Peter says be alert and sober. They both are saying the same thing, right? Pray also for me that whenever I speak words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. And he says pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. That word full is used twice. The word stand is used four times. So what are we fighting against? We are fighting against the enemy's lies. And if his greatest weapon is a lie, then what is our greatest weapon? It is the truth. And Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the life. And our greatest weapon is the truth. Amen. And so we have to live in the truth. We have to dwell in the truth. Satan is trying to, in, to, to, he's trying to bait you and entice you with lies that will capture and imprison you. But now it's time to go on the offensive. It's time to go on the offensive. And so the first part of the armor that's mentioned in the text is the belt, the belt of truth, right? This is, this is the mini belt of truth, right? It's a mini belt of truth. This really isn't what the belts of truth look, belts look like, right? What Paul is talking about, he's talking about the Roman soldiers. They would wear a belt, right, and would hold up their, their breastplate, the breastplate of righteousness. It would hold their scabbard. It would hold their sword, the word of God. It would hold the, their sword, right, their sword. And so this was a critical part of the armor. Everything was held together by the belt. And I think it's interesting that that's the first piece of the armor that's mentioned because if we don't have truth, what do we have? We got lies, right? So I have to put on the belt of truth. Now, this is important. This belt doesn't fit me. I tried it in the first service, right? It doesn't fit me because it's the mini belt of truth, right? It's the mini belt of truth, right? And so what I want to tell you today is that in order for this belt to work, it has to be... Kind of like what Peter and Paul said, it has to stand firm, right? It has to be strong. It has to be undivided. It can't be separated. It can't be broken. In order for this to hold my sword, my scabbard, my breastplate, the truth, it needs to be strong. It needs to be established, right? So what is that teaching us? That's teaching us that we, as a body of believers, we need to trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. We need to trust in the Lord. And he will make our path straight. It says, trust in the Lord, and he'll make your path straight. Pastor Zach's always talking about promises. That's a promise. This is not a straight path. I've done this before. This is not a straight path. Right? He wants you to walk a straight path. Straight path. Straight to him. This is dysfunction. That's what I'm talking about. This is dysfunction. Right? That, that path. But when I trust in him, he makes my path straight. So I have to trust in him. I have to put this belt on. But let me show you something here real quick. With this belt, right, I have these scissors. All it takes, one little lie. It just takes one little lie of the enemy, one little bit of deceit, and now my belt doesn't work. That's it. And so what is the lesson there? Lesson is we have to stay in the truth and not allow the enemy's lies to come into us and deceive us, destroy us, right? We can't do that. We have to put the armor on. And stay in that armor and dwell in the truth. Amen? That's the thing. And so what is the truth? The truth is Jesus. The truth is the way. The truth is the life. That's Jesus. Right? And here's the thing. The world will tell you, the world will tell you that the truth is whatever you want it to be. The world will tell you the truth is whatever makes you 
feel good. That's truth. The world will tell you whatever gets you the most power or influence. That's truth. The world will tell you truth is whatever you want to be. It's relative. Truth is relative. Your truth is different. But my Bible says that Jesus is the truth. Your Bible says that Jesus is the truth. And so we have to dwell in the presence of Jesus, in community, in communion with his Holy Spirit, and suit up in the armor of God. We have to do that. It's imperative if we want to win the battle against the lies of the enemy that we put on the full armor of God, every piece of his armor, every piece of his armor. And so my question today is, are you living in a lie? Are you, living, are you allowing the lies to consume you? To, to divide you, to distract you, because the enemy will hold you down. But we have to put on the armor to fight against him, right? The word of Jesus is truth. And there is life breathing oxygen. There's Ruach. His spirit is in this word. And so some of you today, I, I, I don't know where you're all at. Some of you today might be beat down by the lies. I hope that this is encouraging. Some of you may be beat down by what the enemy has done, and now you have a a skill to use. And I just want to, just for a second, remember when Jesus was baptized, right? Matthew chapter 3, it says Jesus was baptized, and the Holy Spirit descended, light in him like a dove. The Holy Spirit came down like a dove, and he was raised up, right? But then it says then, the next words in the scripture are then he was led into the wilderness to be tempted. So we're going to baptize some folks here in just a minute. We're going to baptize some folks. Just because they're getting baptized doesn't mean it's going to be easy, right? Just because we step forward doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but you're going to have the supernatural power of Jesus Christ to demolish strongholds. And I want to tell you, you can't do that with your own power. You cannot demolish these strongholds with your own power. You need the supernatural power of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so I hope today, would you stand with me and we'll, we'll just pray together? I hope today that if you're struggling in any area, that you would reflect on that. And sorry, Jesus, I need a relationship with you. If you don't have one, he's, he's knocking. He wants a relationship with you. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for this body, this church, all those that are going to be baptized here in a few moments, that we would dwell in your presence. And not just on Sunday morning. That we would dwell in your presence all the time. Everywhere we go with everything we do. And we would trust in you with all of our hearts, all of our soul, and all of our mind. I pray that anybody that doesn't know you today, today would be the day that they just cry out to you. Father, Abba. Help me. Help me in my dysfunction. Help me in the lies. Help me to see your truth. Help me to do those things. Because I know you can. Because you're still in charge. You're still on the throne. And you are God Almighty. And you are worthy of it all. But help us trust you where we don't trust. And help us dwell in your presence. We praise your name. We love you and everyone said together.
Give the Lord some praise. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you for your time and listening today. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share us with your friends. Also, remember to follow us on social media. If you ever find yourself in the area, we would love to see you on a Sunday morning at 1040 a.m. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.